If you decided to listen to this week's message of Daxadeo Fichard Park, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. Great. We're in week two of our series called Winning the War in Your Mind. If not by now, I am going to try to convince you that there is a war going on in your mind. Some of you may say, I'm not aware of it at the moment, if there is such a thing. Or some of you might be aware of it, but you're actually a bit in denial at the moment. You know, it's not such a big war. It's not World War Three. Some of you are like saying, bro, just preach. I've got World War Three in my mind going on. Anyone like that, just be honest for a moment. You have no idea the cannons, the missiles that are going on in my mind. Some of you might be still in denial, but you have to understand there's a war in each of our minds for truth. There's also a war going on for faith in your mind. And maybe if you, if you don't understand what I'm speaking about, just think for a moment, those moments in life where you have decided you're going to change this behavior of yours. You're going to stop it. You know, you, you're going to commit to change the time that you wake up each morning, um, students, and then you commit for it for three days, and then you're just back into your old self habits. Anyone like that? Uh, we all know that we want to change the things in our lives we want to change, but we can't sustain it. We struggle. Why? Because the challenge is not in our behavior, it's in our minds. Another example, many of us are struggling with anxiety, uh, catastrophizing things, making small things have these big outcomes in our minds, and you, you are ruminating all of these thoughts every single day. Some of us are struggling with depressive thoughts. I've lost hope. Uh, I'm not lovable. I'm lonely. I'm alone in this world. No one is going to look out for me. And some of us are struggling with just normal stresses in our mind. Uh, Aiden said it so beautifully last week. Do you know that on average, every single day, all of us have 70,000 thoughts? That's a lot. For the men, it might be a bit less because we have this special gift as guys. We go into what I would call a nothing box. My wife would ask me, Liffy, what are you thinking? Nothing. And then she would say, there's no way that you can't think of anything. I have that spiritual gift of going into nothingness. Ladies, I can teach you. Sit and just think about nothing. <laughs> but all of us, 70,000 thoughts, 48 thoughts per minute as I was speaking, there were a few hundred thoughts just going in your minds right now, going on in your minds. But here's the crazy thing. 70% of our thoughts are negative. <laughs> That's crazy. 70%. And do you know that 95% of your decisions that you make every single day comes from your subconscious? You don't even actively think about it. You just make the decision. 
So what's going on in our minds is very, very, very important. You might be thinking, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of thoughts in my mind. I just want to take a brain break. I want to go mindless. Ask the guys how to do it. They can do it. And I want to show you tonight from Scripture why this is so important. Because many of us find ourselves sometimes in a place where we can't control our emotions. You know, something happens in your life and anger just comes out of you, out of nowhere. It's like this thing that, you know, takes hold of you and you can't control it. You can't keep it back. Or sometimes you think, yes, okay, I've, I've uh, acted in a certain way against a person and or I'm, you know, binge watching and this year I'm going to stop it. But you never get to the place where you see active change in your life. And the reason for that, it's the war in your mind. And when I end my sermon here tonight, it's going to get gloomy. But don't worry, there's hope. I want to read for us Romans chapter 7, verse 22. Let's read together. Paul tries to explain this war that's going on in us. He says, For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. He's not speaking about the Mosaic law or the Ten Commandments, he's speaking about what God has put in place in the world for life to flourish. He's speaking about the God way of life. He says, in my inner being, and I mean, if I ask you tonight, every one of us, in your innermost thoughts, you delight in the idea that God can, you know, take control of your life. You, you love that idea of, I want to live a godly life. And then Paul says, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind. That's the system of my innermost thoughts and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. So Paul is actually saying there's this desire in me to live a godly life, but then there are these World War III attacks on those things that I really desire to do and to be. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of weapons that are aimed direct, directly at those thoughts. So what I want to take us through tonight is a bit of a journey. We're going to start with the mind. Then we're going to go to the war, then the victory, and we're going to end with some war strategies. Are you ready? Just nod or smile or do anything. All right. Amen. Glory. Okay. Let's start with the mind. Do you know that your mind is exceptional? God created the brain in such a beautiful way. Let me explain it and at our mental health evening the other night, a psychiatrist by the name of Stefan Marais explained it so well. He said, your brain is basically the consistency of butter. Who loves butter? Clover. Nobody can afford it, but it's nice, okay? I'm not speaking about the cheap margarine, which is just one degree away from plastic. I'm speaking about the real, you know, farm butter. Your brain is basically the consistency of butter, and it floats around in water, if you don't know it. 
you are just what I would call a butterhead. But don't call someone that ever in your whole life, all right? So you can just imagine if I do this, this little guy, this ball of butter in my head. Don't imagine that now. <laughs> stay with me, stay with me. And the incredible thing is, the, this brain of yours is so complex, it's magnificent. There are narrow pathways in your brain. There's basically an electrical storm going on when you think these thoughts. Just by the way, your thoughts travel at about 437 kilometers per hour. So don't ever say to someone you're a slow thinker because it's fast. But here's the incredible thing. It's electrical impulses in this, you know, butterhead of yours that actually produces thoughts and emotions and the will and intellect and memory. And you might ask the question, why are we speaking about the brain and the mind? Why is this so important? It's because of this one reason, friend. And it comes from Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Solomon said, he said, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Or in the King James Version, and that's going to sound very like, like I'm very wise, as a man thinketh, so is he. <laughs> the principle is this. Your life goes into the direction of your thoughts. Listen to this. Your life goes into the direction of your strongest thoughts. Let me explain it like this. Let's, let's quickly you know, zoom in on the system of the mind. So something would happen in your life. Let's call it an activating event. You know, something horrible or something good or something frightening or whatever it is, there would be what we call an activating event. And whenever that happens, it triggers in our minds what we would call tonight core beliefs. Let me just stop here quickly. Disclaimer. This is not going to be one of those nice sermons that you walk out of your feeling, oh, I've been so blessed. I can't remember what the preacher said, but I just feel good. It's not going to be one of those. In the Bible, it speaks about the milk and the steak kind of vibes. You know, the solid foods and the milk. This is not a milk sermon, so you'll have to stay with me. Are you okay with that? It's, a bit, it's going to be a bit meaty when it comes to the information that I'm going to share, but I want you to stay with me and to grasp what the word teaches. All right, so activating event, core beliefs are triggered. And the moment these core beliefs in your mind are triggered, emotions flow out of that, and out of your emotions comes behavior. All right. Let me explain it like, like this. A few uh, months back, I got the incredible privilege of hiking the Drakensberg with a few crazy guys. It was a character challenge. We got to a certain place where they told us, you should now jump off this cliff. You couldn't see uh, what was at the bottom of it. Uh, they just said, you have to run and then jump off the cliff into the water. At least they told us there were water 
Okay, but it was a it was a, 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 a activity to stretch our fear and overcome our fear and whatever. So the moment I stood there with these guys, um, we were only guys there, um, and they said, "Okay, first guy, go." Uh, that was an activating event. Core beliefs quickly came to my mind. Let me tell you about them. Eugene never jumps off a cliff. <laughs> Number two, it is dangerous to jump from anything if you can't see the bottom. Number three, Eugene will never jump off a cliff. <laughs> Number four, Eugene are as scared as a little girl of heights. Those are core beliefs. And what was the emotion that came up? Fear. I was scared to freaking, yeah. <laughs> but now we're a bunch of guys and I can share it here because I know this is a safe space and you guys, we love each other. I can tell you that I was afraid, but at that moment, I, you know, yeah, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing. <laughs> but I can see the guys next to me shaking a bit, you know. What happened was fear, uncertainty, doubt, those were the kind of emotions that I've experienced. And then behavior came from that. I wanted to run away. If it wasn't for peer pressure, I'm honest, I wouldn't have jumped off that cliff. But because I was there, it was a once in a lifetime experience. It was now or never. I'm married, I've got kids. If I go to Jesus now, it would be okay. Um, I know you guys will take good care of my kids and my wife. So I went for it. Um, I overcompensated in my mind so much that I fell on the left side of my bum, okay? It burnt like hell. But, no pun intended, I came up <laughs> and I was okay. I survived. Some of the guys belly flopped down there. That was like, ah! But after that experience... A core belief changed. Eugene can jump from cliffs. He must do it better next time, but he is able to do it. <laughs> do you see how life works? Everything you do, every decision that you make, every emotion that you feel about everything in life comes from what we call core beliefs. My friend, the war in your mind is there. It's in the system of your beliefs. It's in the subconscious mind. Those things that are formed year after year. Every experience, every environment, your, your family environment, your your situation right now has formed core beliefs in your mind. And I want to take you tonight to see where things went south when it comes to this, because let me just say that the enemy, Satan, he didn't start with uh, temptation and, you know, sex, money, status, and all of that that we see these days. He started the war with a thought. That's where it all started. Let's read together. Genesis chapter 3. 
Now the serpent, that was Satan, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you see the twist? God never said they can't eat of any tree, but he just, you know, puts doubt in their minds, you know, to test. Did God say this? Okay. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. Okay. She got that right. She quoted God directly. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Satan says, you will certainly not die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. All right, let's stop. What tree is referenced here? If you go and study the scriptures, you'll know that it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All right. That's what the Bible is speaking about. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. God says you can eat of all the trees except for this one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What does that mean? It means that in Adam and Eve's life, God wanted to be the primary source of knowledge of good and evil in their lives. He wanted the one to form their minds with regards to what is good, what is bad, what is true, what is false. It was in relationship with their God that the, these core beliefs came to be in their lives. You see, the enemy came and he didn't suggest a whole different paradigm. No, no, no. He came and he just suggests that there is a shortcut to get this knowledge or these core beliefs or have access to the mind of God. Who doesn't want to have the mind of God? Who doesn't want to know God's thoughts? He just suggests that there is a shortcut to have the knowledge of good and evil. And the shortcut is this. Eat the tr of the tree. Bypass God. It's easy. You will be exactly like God when you eat of the tree. You will have the mind of God. You will have these beliefs that God wanted to share with you from the beginning. Come on, Eve. This sounds like a great deal. You're my first customer. She wasn't. Adam was the first customer. Sermon for a whole nother day. We spoke about that a few weeks ago when we spoke about what it means to be a man of God. Go and download it, all right? But here's the thing. The shortcut was to bypass God, get this knowledge, get these core beliefs without relationship with Him. What was the lie? The lie was this. There is no other way to get knowledge, the knowledge of God, the mind of God, of good and evil, apart from relationship with Him. 
There's no shortcut hack or a torrent that you can download. Guys, I'm watching you. That contains the knowledge of good and evil. The beliefs that we are created to have in order for life to flourish. In essence, any other source that is not God himself brings destruction in the end. It leads to death. So Satan says, you will certainly not die. That was a lie. You see, when you have knowledge that is not from God, that is in exact contrast of the knowledge and the truth of God, when you act on that, when that becomes a core belief in your life, it influences your emotions, it influences your behavior, and in the end, it will lead to death. That is the principle here. That's why Hosea 4 verse 6 says the following, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Not knowledge in terms of information. Knowledge, intimate knowledge, intimate connection, intimate insight into the heart and the mind of God. Without that, people perish. That was the first temptation. That was the first war strategy against your life. And it's still running today. It's a war for your mind. There is access to truth, to ultimate truth, to knowledge of good and evil, and it's outside of relationship with God. My friend, that is the biggest lie. That's where the war is waging in our minds today. Okay, take a breath. I need water. Just smile at me or something. Are you still all right? Okay. You can interrupt me if you're lost. Just say, "Mm -mm, I don't get you. (laughs) Okay, that's the war. From the beginning, still running today. Here's the victory. Let's read together. Romans 7, 24, verse 25. Paul says, What a wretched man I am. How many times have you felt like that when it comes to these contrasting thoughts in your mind. On this side, I want to serve God. I want to be a godly person. On that side, you are influenced and you are, in a sense, controlled by these core beliefs and core desires and, and you feel like a failure. You feel like a wretch. And listen to this. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Paul referenced here that when Adam and Eve ate from the tree, they gave into that temptation to take the shortcut. They were actually cut off from the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't have access to God's personal knowledge anymore. The Bible says they were under the curse of Satan. For the first time in the history of humanity, well, it was a short kind of history, but 
Adam and Eve was confronted that there is now a different voice speaking into their lives. Not God's voice anymore, alone. Now there's an enemy. And now they need to start discerning which one is true and which one is good and which one is evil. And they have, con they have to construct their own core belief system. That is what happened here. And Paul says that, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He says that when that continues in a person's life, it will lead to destruction. And then he says, and here comes the good news, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Listen here, friends. Paul says the following. The victory in your mind, this battle that is raging on, does not come from just, you know, replacing negative thoughts with positive thinking. That's a very cheap answer. It will never work. Because a thought... It's not the problem here. It's the source of the thought. Paul says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Jesus. You know, when I get a negative thought, uh, you know, I just need to manifest a positive one. Then that negative one will be gone and I will be a better person. No, my friend, it's Jesus who rescues us. We don't even have the capacity to discern which ones are good and which ones are not. It's only by the voice of the Spirit in you, the Spirit of truth, that you can discern which of these thoughts are in line with His will and which ones are not. It's Jesus who delivers us from that. You see, Jesus came to earth and He broke the pattern of Adam. On this side, Adam now took the shortcut to get knowledge. On this side, Jesus submitted Himself to only receive knowledge from God. Listen to this. John chapter 12, verse 49. For I did not speak on my own, says Jesus, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I've spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me. John chapter 5 verse 19, Jesus gave them the answer. Very truly I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. What's the principle here? Jesus came as the second Adam, as the last Adam, and he submitted himself first and foremost to be formed by the opinion, by the mind of God, by the knowledge of God. That's why when he was, for instance, in the wilderness, tempted by the devil, you know, turn these stones to bread, throw yourself off the temple, worship Satan. Every time that happened, Jesus quoted the following. He says, it is written. Truth. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Core belief. Throw yourself off the temple. Do not put the Lord your God to test. Core belief. Worship Satan. <laughs> Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Core belief. 
Jesus didn't defeat Satan or, you know, escape temptation just by trying harder. It was because he had these core beliefs that was shaped by the Father. And here's the good news for us, friends. If you are in Christ tonight, if you find yourself in personal relationship with Jesus, you have access to the knowledge, the person of God. You have access to his mind. You have access to his heart. You can discern good and evil. You can see truth. Paul says it so beautifully, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16, who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? And listen to this, but we have the mind of Christ. Let that become a core belief in your life tonight. If you have Christ, you also have the mind of Christ. Okay, now you lost me, Eugene. What does that imply? It means with an intimate relationship with Jesus, he can come and all of those core beliefs in your life because of pain, trauma, suffering, sin, just because you don't know truth, can be challenged under the authority of Christ. That's why Paul writes so beautifully, and Aidan also spoke on that last week, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect well, friend, you're not helpless or defeated in this war that is going on in your mind. If you are in Christ, <laughs> you have weapons. You have the weapon of faith. You have the weapon of intimate knowledge of God. And you can be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And just by the way, biology actually helps us here because your brain has got the capacity, what we call neuroplasticity. Your brain can change. I wish that could be like evident in every part of our bodies. I mean, come on, that would be nice. Like my feet. I would have loved to change a bit what's going on there, but my brain has got the capacity to change, to form new pathways, to get rid of old ones. God designed it that way, that your brain can come in alignment with truth. I love this word. The renewing or being transformed, it's the word metanus, repentance. It means the getting rid of old ideas and the believing in new truths, basically. That's what repentance is, if you ever wondered. Uh, repentance is not you come before God and you cry and you, you know, confess all of your sins like with a Catholic priest. God already knows that, my friend. It's not like he's like, oh, and... Whoa, I didn't see that. <laughs> no, it's to come to God and say, Lord, I'm not in alignment with truth at the moment. 
My core beliefs are not in alignment with what you desire for me. By your Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and enlighten my mind so that I can see these faulty lies in my head. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and renew my mind with truth. That you come and replace those old patterns that started in the garden with the truth of your word. The truth, Jesus. It's so beautiful because the Holy Spirit is what? The Spirit of truth. If we have the Spirit, if we know the Spirit, He's the one that brings truth to our lives. You can't see truth without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what Adam lacked in the beginning. That's what we have in Christ today. The reprogramming of your mind. Hectic. And let me just say, God is busy with that in the life of every believer. Slowly but surely. By His Holy Spirit, gently. He's coming into that butter brain of yours. He illuminates, says Ephesians 1. What is not in alignment with his best for your life. He's coming to bring those thoughts slowly, one by one, under his authority, challenging them, renewing them. And you know where God starts? I love it. In salvation, what is the first thing that changes? It's your identity. You become a son, a daughter. You're no longer a slave. You're no longer an orphan. You see, those are core beliefs. I'm nobody. I'll never make it. You know, I'm just a sinner. I'm filthy. I'm wicked. And then when you meet Jesus, the first core belief is this. You are a new creation. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are precious. You are loved. You are redeemed. You have a new name. You have a new family. You see how this works. If you still have the core belief that I'm a slave, I'm a wicked sinner, enslaved by my own desires, you will act that way. But slowly, but surely, when Christ comes and He changes our mind to be in alignment with how He sees us, maybe, maybe slowly but surely, our behavior will kind of reflect that. Year after year, as my mind is transformed, I become in action what I am in reality before God. In this series, I so pray for each one of us that in a sense I want to say we take our minds back. Maybe for the first time tonight you heard that there's something going on in here. Praise the Lord. Revelation. <laughs> but maybe you need to actually become more aware 
of what is happening in your mind. And to start asking God to come and highlight some of the things that you are feeling. You know, for me, I'm a very, uh, you know, uh, I'm very, I don't want to say not the word sensitive, no. A sensory aware, anyone like that. I smell things, I like hear things, uh, anyone like me, you know, I'm very overstimulated very quickly. But usually in my body, I feel something and I know it's an emotion. And I need to ask myself, what is this emotion that I'm feeling? You know, I've got this nervousness. Why do I feel nervous? Oh, I feel stressed about this, this and that and that. Why do I feel stressed about this and that and that? Oh, I believe that this and that and that. I do that by the Spirit. It's God speaking to me. And it maybe starts in my body. For you, it's different. But every thought counts. Because every thought is an expression of a core belief. You have to ask yourself, is this core belief really in alignment with the truth of God? And I want to pray in this series that you would become more aware, that you would invite the Holy Spirit more to come and work in your mind, to come and change you from the inside out. I want to ask the worship guys to join me. We're going to sing one last song, but I really want to pray for you because I know this is... <laughs> This is the battle that's been raging. Maybe as you sit here tonight, maybe tomorrow morning, in our minds. Maybe you can stand with me and let's pray. Let's close our eyes. As I was maybe speaking tonight, God maybe came and He highlighted one or two or three core beliefs that you have, maybe about yourself, maybe about life, and you immediately could see that the Spirit is saying, this is not from me. This is not in alignment with truth. Can I invite you tonight to bring that under the authority of Christ? Aiden preached so beautifully last week. She said, take every thought captive. We can't trust every thought in our minds. Not every thought that you have is true. But won't you bring that under the authority of Christ and ask the Spirit to come and show you the truth, the knowledge of God, the mind of God. If you're at that place, just quickly lift your hand. You can take it down. Let's pray together. Jesus, tonight we want to celebrate the truth that we have the mind of Christ. That we have access to knowledge, the knowledge of God. That by your Spirit, God, we can see truth. God, and you say in your word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so Jesus I pray Holy Spirit you are the spirit of truth I pray that you would come tonight speak truth in our hearts 
renew our minds. Make us new, Lord, with your truth. We submit ourselves to you, Lord. God, we know that this battle that is raging on is not ours to fight. The battle is yours, God. Who will deliver us from this? It's Jesus. And we cry to you tonight, Jesus, deliver us from this battle. Maybe for the first time tonight, many of us, we're gonna experience how Jesus is setting us free from this law of sin in our lives. God, we pray, Holy Spirit, do that in each and every one of us tonight. Amen. Let's sing together. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.